Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another PadreCast episode of the TMI PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. And joining me today for PadreCast number five is your TMI headmaster, Father Scott Brown. Welcome, Father Scott. It's great to have you back for another episode. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Always great to be a part of these Padre Casts, and I've loved listening to the variety of voices that have come through on various podcasts. A really great tool. Thank you for your leadership on this. Thank you. So we are just finishing up the first quarter of the school year, and I thought it would be fun if we started this episode by diving into the institutional educational philosophy that you put out to faculty and staff at the beginning of this school year. So many of our parents probably first heard about this when you touched upon it during the Headmaster Social a couple of weeks ago. I thought this would be a great time for us to really break it apart, dive in, and go a little bit deeper and talk about what it means. So first, why don't you just start by telling our listeners the purpose of this educational philosophy? Great. I I like to think of it as, um, as curbs on the road. So along the road, you Uh, The road may be wide and there's a variety of uh, lanes you could pick, but the curbs kind of keep us heading in the same direction. So I think of this institutional philosophy as really um, a way for our faculty to see where the curbs are and understand the path that we're all on. Another way to look at it is as a guidepost to where we're going towards. So having having a stated institutional philosophy says to a faculty member, this is who we are, this is where we're going as a community, and now I know as a teacher what lanes I can go in in order to accomplish that goal and know which curbs keep me from going out of bounds. This is such an important document to have. So sometimes we hear people talk about how TMI has changed over the years, but when we get right down to it, the heart, philosophy, and values of TMI have always remained the same. So in the very first part of the educational philosophy, it talks about our founding in 1893 as a mission of Christian outreach in education. Can you expand on that? Sure. I've said many times about this institutional philosophy that we are um, talking about today that it's not new, nor is it Scott's institutional philosophy or the institutional philosophy for this chapter in TMI. I really believe, as you said, this is the institutional philosophy that we were founded on 125 years ago. And so it's always been our philosophy. Um, It's always been our direction. It's always been our, our, our lanes that we stayed in. But as you think about who we were in 1893, who we were founded to be, we were founded to be a place that educated servant leaders. We were founded to prepare students for college and or for, for life, for school and for life. Um, we were founded to be crazy about students. We were founded to be curious about their lives. We were founded to be based on a culture of love. We were founded to prepare our graduates for life after school. And we have done that for 125 years, and that has not changed. Bishop James Steptoe-Johnston even said in 1893 when he founded the school that we educate students for life. And so I think it's pretty incredible that we're still able to say that today. Right. That's been our that's been our institutional philosophy for 125 years to really prepare students for much more than just uh, the year or two after they get out of TMI, but really to set them on a path of leadership for life. 
You also talk about diversity in the first part of the educational philosophy as a value of TMI. And throughout our community, we always talk about striving to make sure that we have diverse faculty, a diverse student body. So why don't you talk about why diversity is so important for our school and our culture and the value that it brings to education? Sure. Um, one of the characteristics of Episcopal schools are to be diverse. Um, I think one of the hallmarks of an Episcopal school is to not apologize for being a faith-based school, to not apologize for being a Christian school. Our values are based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. We have Christian worship services every day in chapel, um, but that doesn't mean that we are uh, dogmatic in our faith. That doesn't mean that we're in exclusive in our faith. The characteristic of an characteristic of an Episcopal school is to be inclusive in the midst of our comfort in our faith-based education. So from a faith perspective, diversity is great because we uh, learn more from people who are different than us. We learn um, so much from people who um, talk differently, think differently, worship differently in a variety of ways. So uh, faith-based diversity is important. On top of that, socioeconomic diversity is 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 terribly important to our fabric. I mean, we have to be in inclusive and diverse um, socioeconomically. Think about um, in our careers, in our lives, we work with a variety of people and, and the ability to, to, to sit across the table from somebody who has completely different life experiences than you've had, whether that's because they come from a different faith background, they come from a different side of town, they come from a different uh, upbringing, that diversity makes us better. Um, we need diversity in our ability to teach and to learn. Uh, learning styles are different. The way one student learns in a class is going to be different than the way another student learns in a class. And so the ability to, um, to help uh, a diverse student body achieve their full potential to meet the needs of each individual student and help diversify who we are as an academic institution, all of that means um, is under the umbrella of diversity, which makes us a better school when we have a variety of opinions from a variety of different people and a variety of different backgrounds. Um, how boring would it be, Stephanie, if we only hung out with people who thought exactly like us? Now, I realize that may <laughs> sound good in theory, but, um, but go look in the mirror and then just argue with yourself or have a conversation with yourself for a little while. You're going to get sick of yourself. <laughs> At some point, you need some, some, some diversity to, to to liven up the conversation, to bring some um, energy to the conversation. And, and having a variety of voices, um, a variety of faith backgrounds, a variety of socioeconomic experiences, a variety of learning, um, different students, all of that helps us be a better community today. I think it also helps teach us how to interact in the world because everywhere you go, there's there's different people, there's different attitudes, different cultures, and so being able to learn that now just gives us a better understanding of how to, how to act later. Unfortunately, when we get our jobs in life, we don't get to say, okay, I'll be a leader, but I only want to lead people that think <laughs> and talk and act just like me. No, we have to lead a variety of people. And, um, and if, if we're in the business of preparing our students for life, then by golly, we got to prepare them for life by giving them diverse experiences now so they know how to handle a variety of people in, the life, in, the, in their life after TMI. So now let's jump into the body of the educational philosophy. So this is, we're going to have it on the website, but it's about three paragraphs long. So in the body of this philosophy, you talk about TMI committing, it, committing itself to the student when the student has committed to TMI. 
And you talk about the educational environment as being one of a center of love and grace where we cherish, challenge, and respect our students. So talk a little bit about that. Sure, it does say in the philosophy, once a student commits themselves to TMI, that we commit ourselves to them. So that means we commit ourselves to that individual student, which means that the way we support that student, the way we help them balance their time, the way we give them the tools to be successful in their journey, may be different than the way it looks for another student um, sitting right next to that student. And so we don't track our students in the sense of put, putting a student on, a, on this um, track and then tell them, look, this is where you go and you gotta stay on this track. We wanna help students develop their full potential. And so whether that's um, getting support from someone like Tracy Carter, our uh, Dean of Student Support, um, whether that's uh, going to after school labs, finding um, a, student, a teacher during flex time and getting help for that student, we wanna make sure that we help each individual student meet their full potential, which means we commit to them not to students in general. We commit to that student to help them develop their full potential. And we do all of that in a center of love and grace. Um, I happened to be in a class yesterday. I was taking a family around, an admissions tour around, and I happened to pop into Mark Philippi's physics class. Um, and, and he uh, is a phenomenal teacher, and he was doing a having a little lecture, interactive lecture with his students. And I was there for the last couple of minutes of class and I had uh, snuck out because I wanted to get out before the bell rang and I was literally standing in the hall and I know he couldn't hear me, which is why I know he didn't do this because I was there. But I, the bell rang and I heard him say to his students, everybody, thanks for a great class today. Have a great day. I love you guys. That's what Mark Philippi said to our freshman class. I love you guys. What what a great gift to have a community that exists in a center of love and grace. For a physics teacher to um, be passionate about his subject, to be fired up about what he's teaching, and then to do it in a community of respect, and then to say to the students when they leave, I love you guys. That's, that's the philosophy. That's the heart of the philosophy. That's who we are as a community. And I was really, really proud to be a part of TMI yesterday, especially having heard, heard Mark express that in his class. That's a great thing to hear. What a, a neat thing to stumble upon. And I think it really just shows in all aspects of our community because you and I were actually walking yesterday and with the weather changing, there was a little bit of that fog and dew in the air. And you could see on the windows, students had actually, they drew little hearts on the window. So you could see that with the fog, which I just think is so powerful of saying what our community is. Very true. I love it. So finally, this last part of the institutional educational philosophy, you talk about the responsibility that our TMI faculty and staff have to our students, and it encompasses discipline, supporting each student, and being more than just a school. So elaborate a little bit about that. Sure. So in, in many ways, we want to continue to um, uh, be an have everything that we do fall under the, the umbrella of this institutional philosophy, including discipline. But I want to say one more word, Stephanie, about um, in, in, this, in the heart of this institutional philosophy, I want to talk about how important it is that, um, that we not forget the challenge part of challenge, challenge and cherish. I'm fond of saying that we, um, as an institution, want to cherish our students. And, and I think the story of Mark Philippi and, um, and speaks to how much we cherish our students. But we also got to make sure we're challenging them. And I think this institutional philosophy, when I talk about respecting each student and helping them develop their full potential means that when we have the thoroughbred, as I like to say, when we have the high flyer who really does want 
the academic experience that pushes them and challenges them and prepares them for top-tiered colleges, that we can do that as well, that we have an institutional philosophy that's a both-and, that we can love students where they are, cherish them as unique individuals, and challenge them in, in ways that they've never been challenged before. School should be hard. TMI should be difficult. The experience in the classroom should challenge you. And as you're being challenged, you shouldn't be alone in that challenge. To have faculty, staff, administration that are willing to walk beside you and say, look, this is going to be tough, but by golly, we're doing this together, and it's preparing you for challenges in life. Um, so I want to make sure that we understand that in an, in an effort to have a community of respect and a community of cherishing and a community of values, that we haven't lost the academic program, the academic integrity, the academic um, um, challenge that we continue to put forth for our students. Our, our students continue to get into the top tier colleges, compete against students in independent schools and public schools alike, impress uh, us with their achievements in standardized testing and scholarships and college admissions. We can do both. That was a great point to really distinguish. I think it's important to understand that. Sure. Now you want me to answer your question about yes. discipline? <laughs> so, so I do think that the institutional philosophy talks a lot about respect, um, and, and I do think that our discipline system should be one of both redemption and respect. And so, um, as I've said before, we've done some things different this year to live out that institutional philosophy. We've changed a few things in our discipline system to really make um, make the conversation one of respect between faculty and students. We have we have, contrary to um, my 15-year-old son, eliminating demerits did not send us into um, anarchy amongst <laughs> our students. We actually have conversations with our students. Um, hey, Stephanie, um, you were disruptive in class today. Let's not do that again, or there's going to be consequences. And guess what? When students are spoken to with respect when they're treated as um, human beings, um, they respond. Not always, but they respond. And when they don't respond, we help them course correct. There are consequences for your actions and we move on. But it's done in a spirit of respect. Um, our responsibility as members of faculty and staff is to support each student reaching their full potential. And that has to be done in a spirit of respect um, in order to really thrive in that area. Well, thank you for going through all of that. As I mentioned, this institutional educational philosophy is on the website. It's also on the website with our values, too. You've heard us talk about the, the WISER acronym. So that is also on the website. And I think it's just, you know, thank you for going into such detail because I think it's important to really let our community understand and see where it is that we're going and what's guiding us in that process. And as I said at the beginning, imagine what a gift this is to be articulated in this way, which we have not done in a long time. Even though the philosophy, I believe, is consistent with who we were in 1893, it has not been articulated this clearly in a very long time. So as a faculty member, as a parent wondering what you're walking into, now you see the road and you see the curbs. When you see things like, we want to invest in students once they invest in us. When you see things like, we want to enhance the overall learning environment. We want diverse talents. We want um, students to be nurtured and guided. When you hear all of those um, words like center of love and grace, mutually respectful relationships, cultivating lifelong learning. Now as a faculty member or as a parent, you know the road that TMI is headed down and you see the curbs and that helps us all get in the same lane. 
Exactly. It is so great. So now that we're going in-depth on our topics today, let's shift gears now and talk about curriculum mapping. Uh, a lot of people in our community have probably heard this phrase and heard us talking about curriculum mapping, and it's been a big, big focus for our faculty this year under the guidance of Jill Cross, who's our Dean of Curriculum and Instruction, that they've already spent a significant amount of time working on what's called transfer goals for this mapping process, and they even met for three days with a woman by the name of Allie Rodman, who's an ASCD author, consultant, and emerging leader. Um, so tell me a little bit more, what exactly is this curriculum mapping and what are transfer goals? Sure, so Jill Cross has been a fantastic gift to this community. Her experience in curriculum and instruction, I always say she eats, sleeps, and breathes curriculum and instruction, <laughs> and she has brought a, a a plethora of gifts to our community. Um, the transfer goal, long-term transfer goals are simply, um, they state the long-term accomplishments that students should be able to do with knowledge and skills on their own. So you think about um, what they should be able to do with the understanding they gain here at TMI. That that what they're learning here would then transfer to life outside of here. We don't want our students to just know a bunch of facts. We want them to be able to apply the understanding that they have here at TMI to new and unique situations beyond TMI. So transfer goals are um, intended to help transfer what they've learned in this environment to any situation that they find outside of here. It's teaching students for life. <laughs> right, it's critical thinking skills. It's not repeating tests. I mean, you and I went to school in an age where most of what we did was listen to a teacher lecture, took notes and then regurgitated those notes in the form of a test or a paper at the end. Um, and if you asked me an hour after I left that class what I learned in history class that day in high school, I would probably tell you I can't remember because <laughs> it was a lot of memorization and regurgitation. But transfer goals are about um, taking lessons, taking skills, taking um, knowledge that then is so embedded in me that I can transfer that to situations beyond the classroom. So now tell me a little bit more about this overarching curriculum mapping process. So if transfer goals is kind of the 30,000 foot look at uh, obviously transferring life lessons, curriculum mapping is then the roadmap to get there. The mapping process helps us make sure that our scope and sequence, our order mm -hmm. and uh, what we're doing is sound. The skills and, con and content are uh, happening at an appropriate developmental level. Curriculum mapping makes sure that um, that we're taking a student at the level that they're in, the grade that they're in, and making it appropriate for that level. Um, and that important concepts are spiraling in and out of a student's life over the course of their career here and building true understanding. So uh, you think of a curriculum map is the map that a student would use, that we would use to help a student get from sixth grade uh, math class to 12th grade advanced math topics. How are we gonna get them from the beginning of their math journey here at TMI to where we want them to be as a 12th grader in science and history and Spanish and every subject. Um, the map is literally the map to get through one year to the next as we develop um, appropriate developmental levels um, along the path. So tell me, we had, uh, I mentioned Allie Rodman came out for three days to help us with this, this mapping process and she also focused on the transfer goals. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and then 
kind of what goes next? Sure. So Allie is, as you said, she's a consultant for ASCD, which stands for Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development. So she was here with every department. So every department met for a half a day. So as I said, Spanish, I mean, uh, foreign language, um, history, English, math, science, religion, um, every department met, um, fine arts, every department met and worked on their transfer goals and the curriculum map. And so imagine there you have in a room, you have the sixth grade science teachers talking to the 12th grade science teachers, and they're in a conversation about, okay, when they leave my or my physical science class in middle school, these are the tools that they should have, the understanding they should have that would then prepare them for your, Mr. Philippi's physics class as a freshman. And then Mr. Philippi is able to say, okay, then as we continue through physics, these are the um, transfer goals. Remember, not the not the memorization they have to have, but the, the understanding, the skills, the tools they have to have to then be ready for chemistry and in your class, Mrs. Salcedo, et cetera, et cetera. And so that, Allie Rodman was a great gift to us because in her role in supervision and curriculum development, she was able to help our faculty um, really create um, transfer goals and a curriculum map that made sense for our students and our teachers in this chapter. It really, transfer goals and curriculum mapping, it really just ensures and guarantees a viable curriculum. Make sure that our students in all courses, regardless of the teacher, is going to get the same education, which is crucial. And uh, that from year to year, a teacher should expect that students have achieved a certain level of mastery in the previous year um, that they can then build on for the next year. It's incredibly heavy lifting for our teachers because it means that we're really thoroughly analyzing what we are doing each year and why we're doing it. So that work with Allie Rodman was so great. It built a good foundation we got more work and important work in the next few years to continually refine that. But having that baseline for developing transfer goals and the map um, for every department obviously just sets us on a great path going forward. It does. And one of the interesting things I wanted to point out that I thought was pretty neat is this whole curriculum mapping process focuses and utilizes the know, understand, do. That's the KUD concepts that our faculty actually focused on at one of the major professional development sessions that Jill Cross put together at last school year with Dr. Donnell Gregory. So I think it just shows how important this whole process of lifelong learning and analyzing what we're doing really is. So sure. Remember last year our theme was we belong to one another and even curriculum mapping and transfer goals within a department are living out that um, the realization that within even within a department the teachers the students we belong to each other and and um, working together to make sure that we're um, consistent across um, grades and as we move through the TMI experience um, great work it is all right so jumping ahead to some fun activities uh, the school year activities are definitely continuing as we prepare for homecoming week next week so homecoming is not only a fun week for our students, but it's also a chance to welcome home our alumni. So why don't you give me a little rundown about what's in store for next week? Sure, so we'll have a, dream, uh, a themed dress day each day next week, and so you can check the website. There's posters all around campus 
for what students can wear every day next week for various themes. Um, the theme, I believe, for um, homecoming this year in general is uh, 125 Staying Alive. It this sure is, is our 125th <laughs> year. And so various themes throughout the year for uh, throughout the week for dress. On Monday of next week, we have a no homework night, which will make everybody happy because we have two late night events for, I hope everyone will come out. 6.30 is uh, Powder Puff. Um, and uh, actually, I think it's Buff Puff first, the volleyball game. So volleyball is when the boys play volleyball. Um, so it's the juniors versus the seniors at 6.30 in the gym. And then at 7.30, the girls play football. Um, so that'll be on Monday night, starting off the week with a lot of fun. Again, lots of fun throughout the week. Uh, Friday really is when we crank things up. Um, home, homecoming t-shirts will be for sale next week. Uh, they're going to be $20 a piece, and students can buy those if they wish to and wear them on Friday of next week, October 19th. We'll also have a pep rally and skits um, at 2 o'clock that day. We'll end classes early and have a fun carnival in the Frost Athletic Center grass in front of Frost. Uh, Friday evening of next week on the 19th, we start at 4.30 with an alumni welcome and reception. Um, we have our uh, annual Hall of Fame award and inductees, which we will do for our alums uh, starting at about 4.30. An alumni barbecue on the portico of the chapel at about 6 o'clock. And then at 7.30 next Friday, October 19th, is the big homecoming football game where we'll take on Brooks Academy. And then at halftime, we'll do the homecoming court and um, celebrate our TMI Hall of Fame inductees. That next day, Saturday morning, um, 10 o'clock, we'll have our Corps of Cadets annual homecoming pass and review. We'll also have a recognition of reunion classes. Also, we always, often invite, we always invite alum who served in our Corps of Cadets to um, troop the line to march with our cadets. And so that's a lot of fun. So all alum, come on out 10 o'clock Saturday morning for the a pass and review, followed by a chapel service at 11.15 for our alumni. That night, our upper school students will have a Saturday Night Fever homecoming dance here on, in the amphitheater around and out a really fun week of homecoming. It's definitely a lot going on. And just so everyone knows, the entire community is invited to that pass and review, so we would love to fill up the, the stands there on Saturday and, and support the cadets. But everything is posted on the website. You can visit www.tmi-sa.org slash homecoming for a short address that'll get you to all the activities that are going on. So other than homecoming, what else do we have coming up, Father Scott? So this week is another home football game. Um, it's senior night for our seniors. We've got a big group of seniors, um, not just in football, a lot of dedicated seniors uh, on the football team, but also managers, cheer, cross country, volleyball, all of our fall sports um, um, senior nights coming up. Football managers and cross country, I believe, are and cheer. Our Friday night volleyball is coming next week. So come on out senior night. That's going to start at 545, so before the football game this week. Um, 5.45 is senior night. Uh, Frost Bank has been really great to us. They've come out twice to help us participate in a halftime punt, pass, and kick contest, contest but both times have been rained out. Um, and so uh, we'll have that contest, weather permitting, on Friday. So you'll hear more at the football game about how to sign up for that. There's a $50 Frost Visa gift card uh, for a student uh, that wins that contest. So come on out. Hopefully we've already had our rain for the week. Yes, <laughs> so I feel like it's rained Friday. all semester. but um, I, It does feel like that's that. That's right. 
We do have parent-teacher conferences coming up or parent-advisor conferences, we actually call them in a couple of weeks. That's going to be October 25th and 26th. So everybody look for an email with details on how to sign up. Sign up. Um, remember that these meetings are intended for you, parents, to meet with your child's advisor um, without your student present. So a chance uh, for you to just have some time with the advisor learning about um, what's going on in your student's life and any way we can partner with you uh, to support your child develop their full potential. Definitely a lot going on, so always be sure to check the website, or if you have questions, you can always ask anybody here on campus. So, As we get ready to end another Padre cast, tell me, Father Scott, what was the highlight of the last couple weeks for you? I think the highlight for me as I look back over the last couple of weeks was the Headmaster Social. We had um, just a great vibe, a great turnout. Um, 165 people or so turned out at the Dominion Country Club to hear a state of the school address. Um, but the takeaway was not the address. The takeaway for me, the highlight for me, was the energy in the room. We have a committed group of parents and faculty who are interested in uh, making TMI the greatest place they can possibly make it. And so while I believe that TMI has been a wonderful school for a very long time, I believe that we are fantastic in, um, as a community. I still believe that our greatest days are ahead of us, and there's a lot of energy and excitement on our campus, and that was really captured for me in just the, the vibe and the ethos of the room at the Headmaster Social uh, last week. It was a fun, fun event, a great vibe, as you said. What words of wisdom do you have for our community? Well, you talked about our core values, wisdom, integrity, service, excellence, reverence. Those are words that aren't just words to us, but they, I, they really sum up who we are and strive to be each day. And I think the, the core value that's really um, um, fresh on my mind right now is the E, excellence. Yesterday I had the opportunity to speak in chapel, which I get to do occasionally. Um, when Father Nate, who's a fantastic preacher, uh, gives up uh, the space and allows mm -hmm. me to, to speak. So I got to speak yesterday at chapel and talked about the core value of excellence. And that's really my word of wisdom for the day is, is um, what does it take to be excellent? And I'm not talking about excellence from a prideful place or excellence in terms of a ego that's unhealthy. I'm talking about striving for excellence, not just goodness, not okayness, not settling for mediocrity, but really putting forth the effort to be excellent. And I, and I think there are three things you got to have, three characteristics of excellence. One is that you're teachable, you're humble, you're open to different opinions. And Lord knows that in our culture, in our society, um, that we have got to be teachable today. Um, you can be passionate about your views, you can be passionate about your opinions, and um, but by golly, we got to be teachable. We got to be open to different perspectives. We also got to be hungry. Um, really desiring to be better tomorrow than we are today. Um, and then lastly, we got to have a little bit of grit. you got to be able to fight through some tough times that when we meet adversity or we meet pain or we meet resistance or we meet a stumbling block, that it's not a wall that stops us, but a, but a, but a wall we jump over or really run through. And so excellence is my word of the day, and I think excellence is manifested when we're teachable, when we're hungry, and when we're just pure gritty. That's great. So our last question, and we started this last Padre cast, and this was our get to know the headmaster question. So if anyone has been around you, it is no secret that you love sports, but I believe you love sports for a lot of different reasons. So why don't you tell us why sports are so important in your life, what you play, and why you think it's important for our students to be involved somehow. Sure. So I grew up in a family of four boys. Um, I'm the second brother of four boys. So a lot of competition. Um, a lot of my mom 
kicking us out of the house and saying, go play in the neighborhood. Um, not a lot of uh, video games and sitting around. And so that meant a lot of basketball in the neighborhood, a lot of kickball games in the neighborhood, a lot of football games in the neighbor's yard. And so I grew up competing. I grew up um, as a part of a team, played sports growing up. So the thing that I love most about sports is the teamwork and the competition. That's the part that drives me. I've said this before, I love to compete. Um, and there's two kind of competitors, the competitor that loves to win and the competitor that hates to lose. And I think I'm the competitor that hates to lose. Um, the idea of losing sticks with me and, and fires me up. It's that grit I was talking about. I hate to lose. And so that there's just something that, that's, that you can't really describe, the feeling of competition. Um, so whether if I'm playing in a, in a golf game or, or shooting hoops with my son, if there's just a spirit of competition. Now, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play Christopher um, Horse for, um, for, for a, a nickel or a quarter or something because I just love the competition of it. Um, so that's the thing I love most about sports. You asked what sports I play. Now, um, I would say the only one I play right now is none of them. So um, <laughs> what I love to play the most is I love to play golf. Um, haven't had a lot of time to play golf um, lately, but that's, um, but that's the sport that I most love. I like the competition there. I like the individual competition within the bigger competition that I'm really competing against myself. But I, I love to play golf with others because I like the fellowship and the, and the fun. Uh, got to play in a golf tournament with a group of TMI dads actually on Monday, um, a fundraiser for a great, great organization and, um, and got to represent TMI on Monday in, in a golf tournament. And, and, and How'd we, you guys do? Well, we won. We, <laughs> not, n- now I, we won because I picked a good team, not because I helped very much. I just put together a great group of, of dad, TMI dads that came out and played really well and we were able to win which is always fun, but most of all, we were able to compete, which is really what I love about sports. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And if our listeners want to submit a fun get-to-know-you question for Father Scott for our next PadreCast, just send those those questions to PadreCast at tmi-sa.org. Well, Father Scott, thank you so much for joining me again. This wraps up episode of PadreCast, episode 5. It's been great. I always enjoy it, and I really appreciate the TMI community for their support of it. And... um, uh, we, we exist to belong to one another, and we exist to respect the dignity of every human being. And um, So if you haven't been to campus in a while to come see what we're all about, alumni, come back, come home, come check us out. And parents, we're grateful for your support and um, really respectful of the investment you make in us and grateful to be a part of this community. Be sure to listen this Sunday as we bring you our Senior Chapel Talks from this week by Danny Espy and Jessica Cox. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.